If you're a fan of this show and you'd like a chance to steer the ship, that opportunity is available to you. We're already planning our season two of Grimdark History. And if you'd like to have a say in what we tackle on season two, you can do that by heading over to our channel on youtube.com at grimdarkhistory slash community. You'll find a post there with an active poll asking what your thoughts are and what the second season of Grimdark History should be. So head on over and have a vote. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. This episode is what I would call, I guess, a meta episode or or really a bonus episode. We're not really going to talk about history in this episode. So if you want to skip it, that's totally fine. I understand. Uh, But if you're at all interested about how this podcast comes together, what the approach is, and how I uh, start or, or approach research or picking the topics or really anything to do with this podcast, you might find this episode interesting. And if you do, just listen on. We're going to have a short little episode just to talk about it. And if you don't, you can skip to the next episode. That's just fine. Uh, But anyways, I I did want to just warn you ahead of time, if you're expecting a a history podcast episode, uh, this episode, we're we're just kind of having a meta episode, just talking about the process. But next episode will be back to our regular scheduled broadcast. Hello everybody, my name is Jeremy Agnew. I'm the host of the Grimdark History Podcast. And if you're just tuning in, this is a podcast that explores the intersection between history and popular fiction. And what we are doing here, what our, our process is or has been, Our format, if you want to talk about it that way, is looking for some way to make this podcast unique, make it something that you want to listen to that's different from other podcasts out there. There's a lot of great history podcasts and much more qualified and probably competent uh, historians doing podcasts out there. So what can draw... Um, you know, you to want to tune in and listen to an amateur historian, someone who's a fan of history and not really a a professional historian, what would make you want to tune in and listen to me talk about history? Now, maybe, maybe it's my voice. And if it is, you know, tune in at 11 and we'll, we'll have a a nice little uh, DJ party. Or, you know, if it's not just my voice, if I'm talking about something that interests you, it's because of the process that I take and the format of this uh, podcast series. So, you know, I want to be different from other podcasters out there. It's, you know, our our main kind of overarching theme is exploring how history and popular fiction intersect and interact with each other. We also start every one of our series with 
uh, a story, you know, a fictional reimagining that I try to attempt to attach you, the listener, to an an important experience of that time and place to help provide context to you on what the rest of the series is. You know, as the series goes, we, we have our little fictional story that's about some experience, and then we usually have a, a episode or two around the background of the, the main event, and then we get to the meat of the topic where we dissect the main event and how it uh, interacts with the popular fiction that we're looking at. When I did the first series, it was on uh, Copper Age, Anatolia, and the proto-Hittite Anatolians and how they intersect with the novel Master of Mankind. And our first story in that series was the story of Otzi, who is a honest-to-goodness, real-life Copper Age human found frozen in the Italian Alps who through genetic analysis we can tie back to Anatolian farmers who migrated out of Anatolia. We know a lot about Otzi's life because of the fact that he was frozen in uh, the glaciers in the Alps for so long. He was almost perfectly preserved and we're able to um, read tattoos that he had on his body, dissect what he ate for his last meals, and we were able to um, intimately create and recreate the last days of his life. So our story of Otzi was the story of really an everyday human in the Copper Age, specifically in the Italian Alps, but we rebuilt and retold or had a fictional imagining of what his last days were based on the actual real life evidence we have and then we used that when we were talking about the second and third episodes in the Copper Age series we kept drawing back to the story of Otzi to pull in context for what was being talked about at that time in our next Series We talked about the Bronze Age civilization, the Minoans, who were based out of the uh, uh, Mediterranean island of Crete. We, ta- we told the experience of a captain of a Minoan trading vessel who had his um, vessel destroyed during the tsunami that happened when the volcano in the island of Akrotini erupted and collapsed, sending a tsunami across the eastern Mediterranean. Now, we picked that, or I picked that story, not only because our topic was on um, Minoans and the uh, specifically the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur, which is really, I guess, a Mycenaean myth, but based around the island of Minos and the Minoans. But we picked that because, A, we know the event happened. We know other civilizations wrote about it. And we know 
um, exactly what Bronze Age shipping and trading vessels looked like at that time because there are um, real-life wrecks that you can find that have been uh, pulled out of the Mediterranean Ocean just off the coast of Turkey from the Bronze Age that had detailed um, shipping materials still in its hull or strewn about the wreck on the bottom of the Mediterranean floor. So we again, we had an amazing amount of detail about a teeny piece of Bronze Age tra trading and what that life might have looked like. So I use that to try and get, attach some human experience to a significant event in the Bronze Age so that you could have something to attach to while we discussed the rest of the Minoan series. Now it also popped up again when we were having our very next series which was on the destruction of the Tower of Babel or what we would call the Etamanaki, the main temple of Marduk inside the city of Babylon. Our first episode in the destruction of the Tower of Babylon series was actually the destruction of the city of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. And we could have ultimately been talking about anybody, any people at any time, because the experience of being in a siege is basically the same for almost everybody at any time. And there's actually a lot of documentation you can find of people either writing first-hand accounts, their own experience of having been in either a medieval or renaissance siege, which would the experience would have been roughly similar. Or we have second or third-hand accounts of people who wrote about that. Or we have accounts written and reported from the besieging forces of what the aftermath was. So we could draw on that to help paint a picture of what the experience of the Babylonians would have been during uh, what might be a clinical description of the city of Babylon was sacked and the tower was destroyed. So what were the experience of people during a siege, the famine they experienced, the trauma of being in a siege when it's, or a city when it's being sacked, that sort of thing. So again, even though it's an extreme event, it helps attach a emotion to what a real event, what a real person would have experienced during that time. And as we come to our latest series, which is going to be on Alexander the Great, I find myself struggling. What experience, what story could I possibly tell that could connect me or you, what could anchor us to that time and place and person and yet still be relevant to the story of Alexander. I've already told you the story of what the experience of somebody living through a siege would be like. I don't want to tell that again. 
and what story could I tell you about uh, a man who lived as short and intense a life as Alexander did that you could emotionally attach yourself to. This is a man whose entire life was spent either training to be in war or being in a war. And I have no frame of reference to be able to approach it from that direction. I could try, but I think I would fail and, and I don't want to fail. You know, this is a, a time and a place of extreme inequality inside uh, Alexander's upbringing in Macedon. And we'll talk about that in, in our lead-up episodes, our background to the story of Alexander. But chattel slavery was an everyday thing. There was immense conflict in and amongst the area. And the destruction that happened really has no modern equivalent that I can compare it to. It's not quite genocide, but it's definitely still on the war crime level. He doesn't go out to obliterate or murder entire civilizations, but at the same time, I don't think twice about killing most, if not everybody, in a particular city. And I have no way to connect to that experience in a way that doesn't involve uh, reading and researching some pr pretty horrific material. And it's not something I, I want to do, and it's not something I want to expose you to. I know at time... The topic of this podcast can get heavy, but at the same time, I don't want to get um, graphic with it. Um, it's not what I want to be about, but I, you know, I don't want to shy away from the realities. But at the same time, I don't want to go into extremely graphic detail about that type of thing. But there is an experience that I can connect with, and maybe you can too. As I said, um, you know, this is, I'm a fan of history. I'm, I'm a student of it. I'm not a professor. I don't hold any doctors. I'm not a teacher. I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not a historian. I'm just a fan of that. But my process and the way I approach every topic that we talk about is a lot of research. Now, um, what's great about modern times is historians and professors do post articles and contents online, historical journals post material online, YouTube, a lot of professors post their content that they give from their classes and lectures on YouTube and other publicly available platforms. So when I start approaching any topic is I will A, find out what I can find about what's the modern take on a particular topic. And then I'll start doing general research. And from that general research, I will usually home in on um, one or two modern takes or as recently modern takes as I have the competence to find in a reasonable amount of time in order to get a podcast episode out. And so um, one of the things I talked about or my approach was when I was looking at how do I research Alexander the Great was what do historians that are writing 
or giving classes on Alexander the Great recommend you read today. And one of those things is probably the thing that historians have been reading about Alexander uh, since it was first written, and that is a book called The Anabasis of Alexander that was written by a Greek historian uh, who lived in the 2nd century AD during the reign of uh, Hadrian, the Roman Emperor Hadrian. So we have his account, or, you know, as removed as it was, which would have been about 500 years, give or take, from the actual time of Alexander. Um, But it is based on his own research and his own account that he can find of Alexander the Great's um, thing. But that's a Greek perspective. It's a Western perspective. And, you know, that's fine. It's one of the books that even probably every historian, or at least that I could find when I was doing my research, you know, if you want a, a basic place to start during researching Alexander, start with The Anabasis of Alexander. That's a book that uh, itself I found needed its own translation. Even though it's written in English, you can get English copies of it, but it talks a lot about people and places and events that we have no modern context with. And if I can't have modern con, I can't understand it. How could you if I'm trying to talk to you about it? So I needed effectively a map of the ancient world so that I could, as I was reading through it, place Alexander at a specific time and place and understand how he moved about and who the people were he were, pardon me, who the people were that he was interacting with. So starting with that, I have at least a a Roman or you know Greek but Roman influenced uh, perspective of what Alexander the Great and his actions were, five hundred years removed from the event. But I was looking for materials on perhaps the Persian accounts of Alexander. You know, Alexander um, he raided. Mesopotamia brought down the Persian Achaemenid Empire. There are a lot of Persian people there, and Persians wrote a lot of stuff. There had to be something available there that I could find translations of, English translations of, that other historians have written about that I could read and then integrate, and maybe we would have a couple different perspectives that we could examine together, and I I thought that would be really interesting. But as I was reading through the Anabasis of Alexander and making my notes, one of the things that just pops up continually throughout the entire uh, thousand-page novel is uh, religion. And it pops up over and over and over again. And even though it's a one-liner, you know, he made a sacrifice or worshiped the gods in his way, and then we moved on to the next people that he conquered or the next event he took upon himself. It kept popping up over and over and over again, and it became almost like one of those commercials for a product that um, you ignore because I'm not particularly a religious person myself, and there are probably other people that are that listen to that podcast. And I make no judgments about anybody's 
uh, religion practices, whether they do or don't. But like an advertisement that just keeps popping up over and over and over again, or maybe you're browsing YouTube looking for something interesting to see, and you, there's that one YouTube video that every time uh, you go to YouTube, yeah, I don't click on it, I don't click on it, it's there, just keeps showing to me, click me, click me, click me, click me. And finally, you click on it and you think, geez, this is interesting, maybe I, why didn't I wait so long to click on it? But that's what clicked on it when I was thinking about what can tie us in a way that we can understand, even if we are not ourselves uh, religious or practicing religion. Even today in the modern times, we can attach ourselves emotionally and spiritually to somebody having a religious experience. And so that is the process that led me to what is going to be our opening episode on the topic of Alexander the Great. And even though we're, it's impossible to talk about him and not talk about you know, the conquering and the destruction of the Achaemenid Empire, we'll touch on that, but I don't think it's going to be the main topic of Alexander our discussion of Alexander the Great. We'll, we'll talk about it. The, the people that were close to Alexander, we will talk about. We will talk about some of his achievements and why, from a modern perspective, or at least my amateur a fan of history perspective, why I think it's interesting to talk about X instead of talking about Y. So... We're, we'll be talking about these things, and as we're going through it, as I'm building the overarching kind of theme of this podcast series on Alexander the Great, uh, as I get started in my research, or well, actually, I've uh, about 85% done my research by the time I'm recording this episode, and this is um, at the end of October if you're wondering when I'm actually recording this specific episode, give you an idea of how far ahead I'm doing research for future podcast episodes. This is three months away, and I started my research earlier than that on Alexander the Great. So I've been reading various articles about Alexander the Great, some written by historians, some by other podcasters. I've been reading novels, or not novels, but research books about Alexander the Great. Do we have Persian uh, accounts of Alexander the Great? And of course, the Anabasis of Alexander, which is, I guess, one of the seminal books that if you're interested in Alexander the Great, you should read this book. So as I've been pulling all these things in together, religion keeps popping up, but it's something that's in the background. So I want to pull that into the foreground because I have a feeling as we talk about Alexander the Great, as we talk about the Macedonians, as we talk about the Persians in the Achaemenid Empire, in Afghanistan, in Iran, in Iraq, and as we talk about Egyptians, as we talk about the uh, Indians in, in uh, the Punjab area, like northern India, 
religion is a theme that I see in my reading that keeps popping up in the over and over and over again, but it's a background thing. I think I'd like to pull that to the foreground and explore it a little more. So as we be as we talk about Alexander the Great, the people that are around him and who they are and what they're doing, we're going to be keeping this theme of religion near the forefront. So we're going to tell a story about a religious event that Alexander the Great and really any Greek would have experienced so that as we bring up religion again and again and again as we go through our various events in the timeline of Alexander the Great, you'll have something that you can emotionally attach to in order to understand the significance of it in the time of Alexander. This has been my my little meta episode to talk about how I approach my research, how I approach picking the topics, even though kind of the main topics, you know, you know, it's our theme for season one is the the lore of the Warhammer 40,000 popular fiction universe and how that attaches to our own history. So the main events there have already been picked for me. Alexander the Great, the destruction of the Tower of Babylon, Proto-Hittite Anatolian, um, Theseus and the Minotaur. Coming up will be the life of Jesus and also uh, of a couple of saints. These are things that have already been picked for me because they exist in the lore of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. But what do I pull out of that to make that interesting for you? That's what I do. And that's how this podcast comes together. So I just wanted to have a little meta episode and just talk a little bit about how I approach the research, how I approach picking the topics, how I approach talking about um, the little tidbits of events. Why Why did I talk about X? Why didn't I talk about Y? That type of thing. I hope you found this little episode interesting. It's just a, a little meta episode to just talk about how I approach building the podcast. So thanks very much for your time. Uh, Have a very Merry Christmas and uh, have a Happy New Year. And I will catch you in the new year uh, when we start uh, blasting out our episodes on Alexander the Great. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good day.